Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I'm here with Dr. Gary Salyer, and he is the author of Safe to Love Again. He is an expert in relationships and avoidance and attachment theories and all these sorts of things that I know you are interested in. Hello, Dr. Gary. How are you? I am doing well, Sarah. Hello back. Thank you for having me on your beautiful show. Well, we did a little pre-chat. We've already been having a good time. So now we're just introducing you into our conversation about loving again after being hurt, right? Exactly. Yes. And it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. It really isn't. Us, you know, putting our heart back on the line again, not so easy. People always ask me, they'll say, gosh, how do I date but feel safe or um, not wait for the other shoe to drop. And I would love to know your answer to that question. So it's exactly what? It's like, wait for the shoe to drop? Yeah, like, oh, here I found this great guy, but I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for something to go wrong. You know, that isn't, let's look at that. That can be particularly troublesome because the part that is waiting for trouble is looking for trouble. And an ego and find you know, that's in search of evidence will always find it. And sometimes it even will pry. Now, but we honor that part. That part is just a little part of us that got hurt and is and is just looking out for us. It says, I don't want that to happen again. So we like that part. But we want to help it realize that it doesn't have to be a repeat. That whatever that wound was, that we can help it feel better. So that's a good thing. But what we want to do is help that part to not see it everywhere. Because so, yeah, because yes. that, that's how the X pays, the next pays for the X. And that's not fun for either of them. Because once you start looking for it, you find it, and then the next person feels they got plastered with what the other one did, though they didn't do it. So, and then love fails, and you wonder why you're on the hamster wheel. So the X pays, you know, the next pays for the X is not fun. I love that line and I hate that theory, right? Because it does happen and you see it over and over. Um, And you and I talked before the show about bringing in the hammer, right? So when we feel unsafe, sometimes the only tool we pull from our toolbox is the hammer of, I'm not going to be hurt again. I'm not going to let anybody treat me bad again, which is um, a fear-based energy Mm -hmm. rather than a hope-based energy. Would you agree with that? It is. And it is protective energy. Once that part gets up and running to protect us, it's all about protecting, not connecting. Uh. And that's the real problem, you know. Uh, And what I find out, because I work with singles and couples, once, unless you heal that as a single, really heal that, if that protector part is still up and running, what What destroys most couples' relationships isn't past pain per se. It's the protection against the past pain. Oh, my God, I don't have a voice. I'm just going to walk out. Or, oh, my God, I don't have a voice. I'm going to yell and scream until I get hurt. Oh, my God, I don't have a voice. Then I'll have a little revenge, and then you'll know I have a voice. Whatever that protector part is doing, it's deadly. So we've got to help our brain relax 
and realize that you can choose better and that you can choose better feelings in a relationship. How do you help your brain relax? You know, this is what I'm writing about in my new book. I've just started writing it, Safe to Stay in Love. I think there's there's two levels of it. I talked about the first in my first book, Safe to Love Again, that, you know, what the real pain in most relationships is when we don't get these four secure feelings of love that every brain on the planet is looking for to feel loved. It starts early. Zero to three, these little templates, what I call rights, are put in, are put in order. All we know that a baby at one year old, one and a half, we can tell what their attachment style, their love style, the way they will relate to others. And it will run, you know, barring intervention for the rest of their life. They're either secure and they feel really good depending and being dependent on. They're anxious. They're always waiting for when love goes away or they're avoidant or dismissive. And, you know, they're afraid of being dependent on or depending on it. And they tend to tone down. Now, what in the world would tell a a one-year-old baby they're loved? Well, it's not going to be anything logical. It's not going to be story. It can't be limiting beliefs. That doesn't come on to three, even the hardware for that. The only thing that can tell that baby it's loved are, are feelings, four in particular. So the real pain in relationships is when we don't get what we've been kind of biologically primed to expect. Do we feel welcomed with joy? in that relationship. Good morning, gorgeous. Or when they come home at night, God, you're a sight for sore eyes. Welcomed and nourished. I mean, a worthy and nourished to have your needs met, which means it's okay to reach out. They're noticing what you need and making great love maps. And you feel good reaching out for your needs. There's cherished and protected, which is really the right to be a me in a we. That there's some mm-hmm. essence in that me that they see they can't get elsewhere. So they cherish and protect it. And they create a we that becomes, you know, so that you have a home port in their heart to go home mm-hmm. to, right, that to, to protect you. And then empowered with choice. So the first level is it, if you don't feel so welcomed, worthy, cherished, and empowered, you know, probably you feel unwelcome or unworthy or uncherished, or disempowered, your brain will use whichever those sets of feelings are to pick and choose and create and keep a relationship. So the real pain is, is when you feel unworthy, you'll find a someone who's a taker. If you feel disempowered, mm-hmm. you either lose yourself or you know, you'll find someone that's a dominator. It's creating a better set of feelings, a better set of feelings, giving yourself a right to feel welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered. When people feel that, couples, if both parts of a couple can uh, can feel that and give that, you've got a pretty good relationship. So it's healing, you know, that early childhood pain. It could be earlier relationship pain. It doesn't always come from childhood. And then the other thing is the body level. You know, our body's been, you know, we are not in school, we are embodied. And when we are embodied, our brain picks up these feelings. And it's we have to help our body relax and feel Mm -hmm. calm. Because if we're going to attract the right relationship and keep the right relationship, lasting love needs a calm brain and a calm body. And if our body has picked up a lot of uncalmness and we don't, we don't work with it. 80% of the signals coming to the brain are coming up from the body and only 20% are going down. 
So even if we calm this down, we can still have a body that's that's not calm. This is why I like working with things like EFT, and there's some exercises that are, you know, used for specifically calming the body, the vagus nerve in particular. Yeah. Okay, that's my new obsession right now is the vagus nerve. So I, I want to, you're probably used to hearing me say that. So um, he's talking about polyvagal theory and slowing your nervous system down so you don't get in um, the switch circuit, right? And that was the quitting circuit. That's what they call it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there, there's, well, there's, there's the social activation system. There's the fight and flight, and then there's the dorsal shutdown. <laughs> Which is freeze for our listeners. Yeah, so freeze. Yeah. And I see a lot of people after toxic relationships in freeze. Yes. Yes. Right? So sometimes we have to move to fight and flight before we can move to rest and digest, uh, which is yes tough to hear. We want to switch to the good stuff sometimes right away. Well, earlier we were talking that when, you know, when, you know, the, sh- the other shoe drops, it's because mm-hmm. our brain is looking for protection, not connection. This is classic what's going on in the vagus system. You know, mm-hmm. you've got three sets. And when you're calm and you feel good and you, that person is giving you signals that you're welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered, then it your vagus system is working from your, you know, your and it's working with your social activation system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and that's called ventral vagal, if you ever want to know anything about it, right? And now you're, it's connecting to your face, your ears, your throat, your prefrontal cortex, or all the mirror neurons are going on. So you can feel into someone and, and, and you can be connected. <clears throat> but when it is not safe, then it goes into one of those other two. And they are not, it literally turns off the connective pathways. You can't connect if you wanted to. It's about protection. Turns <clears throat> So you either go in the fight and flight or you go into the shutdown. And neither of those are connective places. And it's literally wired into our system. If we feel calm, we can connect. If we do not feel calm, then we protect. If we don't feel safe, this is why the book is called Safe to Love Again. It, it didn't say inspired or guilt tripped. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. And I want to kind of recap some things yes. that I heard from you. So when you've been hurt, mm-hmm. then you start to look out for people who are hurting or mm-hmm. hurtful. Yes. And we can start to see and focus. It's like there's a spotlight and we shine it on potential hurt. And so mm-hmm. then we see more. It's kind of like saying, okay, pay no attention to the red in your background. And I see a red heart and red flowers. Pay no attention to the red. Instantly, your brain starts seeing red. Exactly. That's what our brains do. So when we say, hey, watch out for danger, all we see is danger. And our fight and flight is even more activated and we're more afraid and we miss in that social connection piece because our um, bodies are still on high alert because it's danger, 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 danger. And if that's true, even if there's a good person that comes along or a, a great catch, we miss it because we're still in danger and fight and flight. Is that right? Oh, it's actually the case, you know. I mean, think of it like this. Imagine you've been cheated on, because we know that in most relationships these days, 50% and this is heterosexual, non-heterosexual, okay? Uh, one partner will stray, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people out there 
waiting for that hammer to drop. But when do I get cheated on? Now, they did a, a study on perception years ago in which uh, they wanted to see the brain, once it gets used to expecting something, it tends to front load it and see it. It's called a filter. They showed pictures people uh, of bananas, and most of them were, were yellow, but some were green, some were blue. And, and just about everybody saw the yellow because they were primed to see a yellow banana, even though it wasn't. <clears throat> so if you once you get primed to see something, even though you get into a new relationship and suddenly, you know, they just check their messages, then if that other person checked their messages, but they had someone on the line, then suddenly that part of your brain associates, oh, my God, and they don't see you checking messages. They see you having a conversation with whoever's in the background. Right. Mm -hmm. And now and then that person does that feel very welcoming? Does that feel very cherishing? Does that feel very empowering? No, let me check your phone. Now we disempower them. Is that connected, right? So, and this is how a lot of singles drive off Mr. and Ms. Wright after they've been hurt. And what does that leave them with? It leaves them with the pool of the very people they don't want to find again. I agree completely. And I think that's why it's so important when I ask people what their healing strategy is mm -hmm. after being hurt, many say, well, I'm on dating apps. And I said, okay, that's not what I asked. <laughs> I asked what your healing strategy was, not what your distraction strategy is, or, hey, let's just do the same thing over and over again, hoping to get different results. Um, and for our listeners, healing that piece of your brain and healing that nervous system in your body I cannot say highly enough how much I agree with what Gary is saying right now because someone said they said you know how do you find if someone's good for you or bad for you and I said well the first step is you have to slow down your nervous system so that everything doesn't feel like a crocodile about to bite you there are people who are better fits for you than others there are people looking to take advantage of you, and there are wonderful people out there. But if your nervous system is just screaming, 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 there's no way to be able to differentiate between the two because everyone feels scary. Exactly. And the key is we do have to work with our body, but you know, what I think the key is for attachment. What creates uh, you know, anxious or avoidant is Somewhere along the line, they got the feeling of unwelcome, unworthy, not so cherished, can't be in a we, right, and or disempowered. It's, it's finding out what part of your brain did not feel safe having a voice, so it had to feel disempowered. You know, if I'm working with a couple, I can give, you say one has, you know, they don't feel, they feel disempowered, not having a right to assert, right? I can't just give them couple skills to assert because early on in life if like they were one client that every time they raised their voice they got smacked or hit mm -hmm. some part is going to say no mm, better not use that better not have that right and so they they can't and then they walk into the next relationship and some part of them won't assert and then they get resentful and they can't ask for their needs and then they and then when they get finally get angry and blow up or walk away and do distancing moves it's because they haven't healed that feeling of disempowered or maybe perhaps unworthy. <clears throat> you have to go and find out what flavor of safety the brain mm -hmm. is seeking 
The moment it said, I can't reach out for my needs because I'm not worthy, or I can't have a voice because I'm disempowered, it's always seeking a certain flavor of safety. In my own life, you know, having a voice with a borderline mother was a dicey thing at best. You could literally wind up hitting a wall. So not having a voice was a very good thing. It wasn't as good a thing in my first marriage when Mm -hmm. that part of my brain had been grouped or I always sought distance to avoid it. And I didn't understand when my first wife said, you know, I feel lonely. I go, what do you mean? I'm in the same house. Well, I was subconsciously running the same thing. But until we find the exact flavor of whatever that is, because if we just try to just say, well, you need to feel empowered, rah, 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 or you need to feel worthy. If we don't find what that person's brain, what the exact notion of safety it was seeking was, it won't change. But so that's why it's called safe to love again. Not guilt tripped, (laughs) not rah, rah, you know. So if we can find that, if we can tie safety, the flavor of safety they're seeking to what they want and that and that missing feeling, brain will gladly take it. Because no brain gets up in the morning and says, <clears throat> how, can I, how can I mess with my master? It's mm-hmm. always protecting us. <clears throat> but protection is not connection. So that's I love the idea of flavor of safety. And I ask my ladies, what problem are you trying to solve? And then we have to narrow it down. Sometimes they'll ask themselves kind of seven times in a row, like, what problem are you trying to solve? What problem are you really trying to solve? What problem are you really trying to solve? To get to a very specific answer. And when you say, what flavor of safety does your brain need? That feels so specific to me. And I think clarity is so kind and so missing for most people's healing strategies. Yeah, it's either the raw, raw, or you deserve better, feel worthy. It doesn't work. Exactly. Listen, there's an example in the book, Sabrina. I talk about the right to to assert and a right to create your own experience. And she came to me, she'd been married about 15 years, highly professional woman, beautiful, three children, great family. She goes, and she says, I have a great family and I have a wonderful husband. But for some reason, ever starting six months into the relationship, I have had to go out and um, and have an affair, never for long, four or five, but I just can't enjoy my husband. I can't enjoy him. And it's not his fault. He does everything I've ever asked him to do in the bedroom. She goes, women, most women would be happy. I can't enjoy him. So I have to find it. I, the only place I can lose my mind is in bed with another man. And I do that every six months. She goes, and if this continues and I get caught, I'm going to lose my family. And she breaks into tears. So when we go back, she is, she grows up in a family where the mom and dad are not particularly close. Dad has a pretty close relationship with her, like, but nothing inappropriate. And the father, as a way of me, buys her a red dress and enrolls her in a little beauty pageant when she's like three and four, right? Well, the mother picks up and is jealous of the, fa- of the father's relationship to the daughter. And here's the kicker. <clears throat> when she comes back from the pageant, 
the, here's your flavor of safety and very specific. She goes, did you enjoy daddy? Did you enjoy daddy? Now at this point in time, a child is, look, if I, if I enjoy the love of my father, I lose the love of my mother. Now we've got a no-win scenario. Now, when mm-hmm. we go back and deal with that specific flavor, if I win love, I lose love and how it was playing out. So she, when she grows up and sexual hormones come on, she cannot enjoy a man who loves her unless she, you know, 40, you know, 30 years ago, loses the love of a mother. That's the old safety program. So when we, you know, help her brain update, she's no longer three, and we work with that flavor, <clears throat> suddenly um, things are very different. And she actually brings him in and we update him and he's every bit the, the beautiful husband that she says was. And the last words were to me, he said, you know, I wondered what got into my wife the last month or two. <laughs> Everything changed. And as they're walking out and they've healed their marriage, he's about 10 feet down the, the, the sidewalk and turns and says, thanks, Doc. I'm going to really enjoy the next 15 years. Oh, that's so sweet. That's when I talk about specific flavor. I mean, there's lots of examples of this in the book, right? Um, that's what I mean. Now we know exactly what flavor. If I lose, if I, have a, if I can enjoy a man, then I, I, I have to lose love elsewhere, right? And she was still playing that out, if you think about it. You know, the whole game of if I, you know, when she had an affair, she was playing it. How can I lose love? That got ingrained in her. And so luckily we caught it all before it went out. And now she's got a great marriage, right? Well, Gary, where can people find more out about you? Because I know after that story, they are intrigued to read your book and find more out about you. So um, tell, tell us where we can check out Gary. Well, you can find me at uh, www.garysalyer.com, garysalyer.com, S-A-L-Y-E-R, so garysalyer.com. And the book is called Safe to Love Again. Should I mention the free gift? That's You can. It's going to be in the show notes. You should definitely mention it. Okay. So I have a free gift. Uh, I talk about a right to create your own experience in the book. That's another right you get, a feeling of empowered. And if you go to garysalyer.com forward slash Love guide, L O V E G U I D E, forward slash love guide, Gary Sawyer.com, forward slash love guide. And it's a, it's called Dr. Gary's Guide for Lasting Love. And you get to choose. There's a, a free gift of really cool videos that I've created and uh, that are there for singles who are, who are afraid of getting in the dating, dating game again. Then there's one for singles who are in the dating game, but they can't find the one. That's a little different set of problems. And then there's one for couples who are wanting to find more love rather than distance or conflict. So you get to choose my, and you can, and it's Dr. Gary's guide for uh, lasting love. Cause it's not only appropriate to be safe to love again, but we want to know how to know how to sit safe to stay in love. That's where I'm talking about these days as I'm writing the book. So um, you get to pick the one that's right for you. Gary, thank you so much. You guys check out his book, Safe to Love Again, and check out his free gift that helps us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you so much, Gary. Thank you, Sarah. Have you ever wished, oh, I wish I could just work with Sarah? 
If so, go right now to sarahkramsey.com. Check out the program section and see if the Wondrous Woman program is right for you. I help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person-proof, and design lives they're excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.